the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. See ya. I have been on the air in Pittsburgh 39 less years than Stan Saverin. Bow down to me, the next one. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. My God, the Steelers season is just glorious they've given me everything that i've wanted every single week since training camp first Le'Veon bell isn't showing up mark davis bryant suspension still holds you get into the season and well we all know what happened then anthem controversies and gatorade coolers being chucked and mark davis bryant Instagramming about Juju Smith-Schuster. You fast-forward past the James Harrison nonsense. You stop around Todd Haley breaking his pelvis at Tequila Cowboy. Fast-forward a little bit longer, and you get to right now. Steelers eliminated. Worst defensive performance in franchise history in the playoffs. And you find out that the day before, in the walkthrough, Le'Veon Bell only showed up with about five minutes left. What a jackass. Mike Tomlin does not have control of this football team. And this is a total heel turn from what I've said all season long. We'll get to that. Matt Williamson at 5 o'clock here on the Crowley Show. The Penguins were able to win last night. They needed to. They fell in ugly fashion. To the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or I suppose they're just the Ducks, but they looked kind of mighty the other night as they scored four freaking breakaway goals. Okay, it was two, but they had four, scored on two of them. Last night, hell, the Kings scored on a breakaway, but the Penguins were able to come out on top three to one. Awful hit by Dustin Brown in that game. He's been fined $10,000. That's it. That sucks. That's BS. But it cost them the game. Didn't give them an opportunity. And the Penguins now sit just a couple of points back of second place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, This team's got legs, baby. Joining me at 520 will be Jesse Marshall. Randy Slack, the last time here at the Carson City Saloon, at least in a working capacity. He'll be on from 6 o'clock until 7 for the Bud Light Happy Hour. Again, 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Mike Tomlin had a disastrous season. And this is a total heel turn for me because all throughout the year I said this is Mike Tomlin's best coaching job ever. Now I think it's a disaster. Why? Because the Steelers didn't take care of the P's and Q's. The Steelers did a very bad job in the playoff game of sticking to their details. The defense, which Ed Bouchette reports has been called a lot by Tomlin, has been awful in the second half of the season. And all of these things that have happened, all of these distractions, I think have trickled down onto the field, and I think that they're at least partially to blame for the way that the Steelers played on Sunday. Again, I know this might make me sound like a hypocrite, but at some point, 
the last straw is the last straw. And in this case, Le'Veon Bell showing up with five minutes to go in the walkthrough prior to a playoff game is the last straw for me. Ed Bouchette also reported that coaches are supposed to show up two hours before games, and some coaches and players weren't doing that. In the playoff game, according to Bouchette, one player and one coach did not show up on time. What the hell's going on? This isn't camp. This isn't a play date. This isn't an adventure to Chuck E. Freaking Cheese. You can show up a little late to the ball pit. Your friends will still be playing there. You can't show up late to a freaking playoff game. I used to say that Dan Bilesma ran a country club for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Things always seemed a little too comfortable when Bilesma were here, was here. Well, Mike Tomlin's approaching that territory, and I know he's not going to be fired, but this shiz needs to be cleaned up, yo. This can't continue to happen. James Harrison was not showing up for meetings. He was sleeping in meetings. He was leaving games early. He was showing up late. Antonio Brown showed up. That offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, on the sideline, he threw a Gatorade jug. Martavis called out Juju. The Steelers screwed up the anthem situation, even in the face of Mike Tomlin doing everything in his power he thought to make sure it wouldn't blow up in his face. Tomlin, Mike, can I call you Mike? You've got to get a grip on this squad, man. You've got to take some accountability. You've got to admit that this is not the way these things should go down. But that's not Tomlin's game. That's not the way he coaches. That's not the way he addresses these situations in the media. In fact, at his press conference, Mike Tomlin had this to say about Mike Mitchell's antics before that last game. Quote, that's part of what I was talking about in today's climate. That's really kind of irrelevant to me. End quote. Mike, it can't be freaking irrelevant to you anymore. Mike Mitchell's not good, and he was running his mouth. Le'Veon Bell is good, but he's not showing up. James Harrison, good no longer, not showing up. Antonio Brown, videotaping his teammates and coaches in the locker room. Lev Bell, three days prior to the biggest game of the season, saying he's going to retire or sit out if the franchise tag is placed upon him again. These things might not seem like a big deal one by one by one, but when you consider that all of them have happened this year, in a year that you deemed good enough to where your team should, quote, win the championship, end quote, what he said to Tony Dungy, it's an absolute disaster. This is not irrelevant. When the stars get away with this crap constantly, it's going to have a negative impact on the other players. And I've given Tomlin the opportunity to clean these things up. I've given Mike Tomlin the benefit of the doubt, saying things like, you pay this price when you get this kind of talent. But I ain't buying that today. I ain't selling that trash anymore. I'm taking the full heel turn because... The Steelers lost on Sunday, not because of the way Le'Veon Bell played, but because they weren't on their P's and Q's. They lost on Sunday because they didn't handle the details. They didn't handle the preparation appropriately. And when you've got coaches and players who treat this not like it's a job, but like it's a hobby, like it's the country club, 
you set yourself up to fail. Listen to Tom Brady's press conference from earlier today. He wouldn't answer any questions about his ailing hand. He hurt his throwing hand a couple of days ago. It's the first time he spoke to the media, and every single question he said, I'm not going to answer that. I can't deal with that. I don't know. I plead the fifth. Yada, yada, freaking yada. Le'Veon Bell, a couple of days ago, gets asked about this offseason, the potential to have the franchise tag slapped on him, and what does he say? Yeah, I might retire. Nah, you know what? I might sit out. Things get handled there, off the field, and things get handled there, on the field. In Pittsburgh, these things aren't handled off the field, and the Steelers, for the better part of a decade now, haven't handled them on the field either. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Is there a lack of accountability that trickles down to the meeting rooms? Does that translate to the football field? I want to hear from you. 412-922-2874. And this is something I brought up earlier in the week. The Steelers played bad teams this year and didn't lose like they've been accused of doing over the last handful of years, but they could have easily lost these games. They gave up 38 points to Joe freaking Flacco. They almost lost to the Bengals. They gave up, what, 28 points to the Green Bay Packers with Brett Hundley as the starting quarterback. They almost lost to the Colts. They did lose to the Bears. They had their struggles with the Lions. This team, all season long, did just enough to win on that given day. And while that's good because it leads to a great record and an opportunity to have a bye in the playoffs... You've got to play every single Sunday like you're playing the best team in the league. And you've got to make zero mistakes. And you've got to trust the process. And you've got to put yourself in the best position to win any football game, not just the football game you're playing on that day. And I think the Steelers have seriously been lacking in that regard lately. Now, I'm not not saying here that Mike Tomlin should be fired. I'm not saying you get rid of the coach. I'm not saying you get rid of the defensive coordinator. I'm not saying you make widespread changes. But Mike Tomlin's got to get his bleep together. Mike Tomlin needs to not accept that this is the culture now. He needs to realize that this is a problem. In his press conference on Tuesday, he blamed the media and he blamed social media. He blamed society. Bro, the Patriots aren't going through this stuff. They've basically got a gag order. They don't say anything interesting. They focus in their meetings. They're held accountable. If somebody shows up late for a practice, they get cut or they get sat. They get fined. If somebody shows up late for a playoff game, apparently here in Pittsburgh, nothing happens. And I'm one of the guys who says sometimes smoke gets blown up the backside of Bill Belichick because he's Bill freaking Belichick, but he at least does one thing right. He makes his players feel accountable. If you don't like it there, he'll get rid of you. Jamie Collins, anyone? Chandler Jones, hell of a football player. Right at the top of the league in sacks this year. Doesn't want to play the way that Belichick wants him to play? See ya, pal. Bill Belichick makes his players accountable. And whether that translates to perfection, it doesn't so much matter. 
the important thing is he treats his coordinators and his assistants like it's a job. And they show up every day as if they're clocking into work. Mike Tomlin doesn't have that feel. I think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. His track record speaks for itself. He's got the most wins next to one coach all time in the first 11 seasons that he has coached. That's incredibly impressive. He's been to two championships. He's won one. The guy was 13-3 and three this year. He's a good football coach. He gets a lot out of his teams. But sometimes he doesn't get enough out. And this year, he didn't. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. But Joey Porter feels like he can go out to the flats and accost a police officer. He feels like he can go to football games, high school football games, and not follow the rules because he's Joey freaking Porter. James Harrison thinks he can get away with a bunch of stuff. Le'Veon Bell can say whatever he wants and show up whenever he wants. Antonio Brown can film the locker room following a playoff game. Mike Tomlin does not have as good a control of this team as he should. And that's a big, big problem. One that I was too soft on before. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As I mentioned, this is the final day that we're going to have Randy Slack here on the program. From 6 o'clock until 7, it's the Bud Light Happy Hour here at the Carson City Saloon. And his replacement, at least on an interim basis, pains me to say, my man Joe Rikiki, take it, Joe. Now, I don't know if this means that Joe's only going to be doing the morning show and not the afternoon show. I would imagine that that's the case. You don't want to string the poor man too thin. But if Joe leaves... We're in trouble. Who's it going to be? Tom? Player. Is it going to be Alex? Player. Who's going to play those drops? I don't know. I wonder if I can call up Bauman. And we can see if we can offer Tom and Alex for Joe. You can have two. And we get one. Two board ops for the price of one. Make it happen. You get those two. One guy gets tired, you throw the other guy in. Kind of like line changes. Maybe one guy does the first half of the show, the other guy does the second half of the show. Maybe Tom's more of a morning person than Alex. You flip him around a little bit. Let's make this work. We could even throw in a board up to be named later. Perhaps some cash considerations. We're going to lose Joe. They don't want Tom. Dave. They don't want Alex. Can we give him Kuntz? They want Greg Kuntz? Looks like these are the last weeks of the Joe Rokicki era on the Crowley Show. Dark times ahead. Dark times indeed. Up next, I'll tell you the game that Le'Veon's playing, and I'm not talking about football. It's Crowley Show. It's Berg. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm torn. I'm caught up in watching The Office for the 10th time or listening to your show. Damn it. I'm disappointed in you, Braden. You listen every day. At the same time, I'm also strangely proud. I love The Office. 412-922-2874, the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Ian Rappaport just tweeted this out about the greatest quarterback who's ever played. That, of course, Tom Brady. He says, 
two tidbits from Brady's thumb injury. One, it was gushing blood when it happened. Two, he was zinging it pretty good today, source said. Does that mean, number two, that he's throwing the ball around pretty good today? Is that what it means? Or does it mean it's zinging like in paint? That's the worst freaking phrase that Rappaport could have used. The worst word he could have used. I'm waiting for clarification. Rappaport. Also, one, there's no chance he bleeds. Two, the reason being, TB12. Tom Brady drinks so much water that he does not bleed blood. He, like Jesus, bleeds water. Tommy went to Catholic school. That's what happened at the Passion, right? Okay. Tom's giving me the head nod. Maybe we'll have my grandma on later to discuss that. Had her on yesterday before talking to the mayor. If you missed that, we'll get that to you coming up at 440 today after we dive more into some of this Mike Tomlin nonsense and the Le'Veon Bell nonsense. You see, I said Le'Veon's playing a game, and that game's not football. Tremendous tease, first of all. But number two, Le'Veon's trying to play games with upper management of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I actually think it might work. I've pulled a heel turn on that one, too. See, I'm pliable. I can change my mind. There are a lot of radio hosts out there who will just die on that hill. They'll fight for what they want to fight for, and they won't budge. Facts can change my mind. I'm not a Republican. Oh, I've said too much. Le'Veon's trying to force the Steelers' hand. Three days before the game, Le'Veon said that he might retire. He said that he might sit out if the franchise tag slapped on him. So that's sending a clear message to Steelers management. When all that went down, I said, cute, Le'Veon. They're still going to slap the tag on you, and they're going to make you have to make that decision. They're going to make you have to make good on the words that you said. But now Le'Veon doesn't show up to the game on time. Le'Veon doesn't show up to the walkthrough until five minutes are left in the practice the day before the game. And the Steelers got to be thinking, if we pay Le'Veon, it's $14.5 million next year on the tag. Probably around that if we give him a long-term deal. If we don't bring Le'Veon Bell back, we can use that $14.5 million to maybe fix the secondary, bring in a safety who's actually going to make a play on the football. We could bring in a middle linebacker. We could add an edge rusher. We could add some depth somewhere on the defensive side. And I bet you that they're thinking about it maybe for the first time. Because prior to this, I think that they thought, we're just going to slap him with the tag. And they very well might do that, but I do think the gears are turning now. And as much as people want to be critical of Le'Veon, and I was in the first segment, I get what he's trying to do, and I think he's doing a fairly good job at it. I wonder if it's his agent in his ear telling him, you know what, Le'Veon, maybe don't show up to the practice the day before the game. See how that might irk them. Because the best-case scenario for Le'Veon isn't signing a long-term deal in Pittsburgh because Ben's going to retire in a couple of years, right? And he can make more money elsewhere. It's signing with another team because of that second thing that I just said there. Le'Veon Bell, if he becomes a free agent, is going to get buku bucks from some team. A team that's not going to be afraid that all these antics come along with him. You don't think the Browns 
would flirt with signing Le'Veon Bell to a $60 million a year deal? You think that maybe the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo might think about it? Bengals have cap room. There are a bunch of teams around the National Football League who would make a play for Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon's hope is become such a cancer the week before the playoff game, still go out and play well, but become such a cancer the week before the playoff game that they might want to just say, see ya. Let the contract expire like Todd Haley and let him walk out the door. Will it work? I don't know. Are the Steelers thinking? I bet. Did Le'Veon Bell do what was in his best interest? I think he did. The question, though, I want to pose to you is, what do you do? Do you sign Le'Veon Bell? Do you slap him with the tag? Or do you use his money to add to the club? 412-922-2874. That's 412-922-2874. Again, at underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. Skip tweets. Rappaport makes bleep up. Okay, maybe he does, but I'm guessing Brady's thumb was bleeding yesterday. That's not the only guy who's reported that. I don't know what the hell he means by zinging, though. And it's frustrating. Get it together, Rappaport. I think the Steelers should slap Le'Veon with the tag and make him make the decision. You really think he won't show up for $900,000 a game? I think he'd show up. I was listening to that other station in town as I was driving in, and the conversation was all about Le'Veon, and both the hosts had said, get rid of him. He's worth more in the money than he is as the player. The 14 and a half can go get you some stuff on the free agent market, and you can find another running back. Now, I disagree. I think the Steelers' offense has been in its best the last two years when Le'Veon Bell's played at the top of his game. The second half of the season two years ago, Bell averaged 147 yards a game, and the Steelers didn't lose. Second half of this season, Le'Veon Bell averaged about 130 yards a game, and the Steelers' offense was one of the best in the National Football League. Ben Roethlisberger, whether he wants to admit it or not, needs Le'Veon Bell to be efficient. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at the franchise not after Ben leaves, but while Ben is here. And because of that, I'm giving Ben every weapon possible. That includes Le'Veon Bell. While I do think that the distractions trickle down and make the Steelers feel less like a job and more like a country club, I also don't think Le'Veon Bell's play has been a reason why they've lost. Nor Antonio Browns, nor Martavis Bryant's. These guys all have loud yaps, but these guys have all contributed to the Steelers winning down the stretch. Hell, Martavis Bryant was making plays against the New England Patriots. He was making plays against the Jacksonville Jags. I want that guy around as much as I want Le'Veon and Antonio Brown around. You win with talent, unless you're the Patriots. The Patriots have this one thing that nobody else does have. They've got a giant freaking eraser, Tom freaking Brady. No matter what you do, no matter what mistakes are made, at the end of a football game, if TB12 has the football in his hands, he'll make the plays and he'll absolve you of all your sins. It's who he is. It's what he does. Might as well call him the Pope. The Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger, and for as good as Ben Roethlisberger is, he didn't absolve people of their sins. He's not a giant eraser. At least not as good of one as Tom Brady. Think of Brady as the pink pearl, and think of Ben Roethlisberger as your standard number two pencil eraser at the bottom. 
you can erase some things, but with that pink pearl, you can erase a lot of mistakes. The Steelers need talent to win. Don't let Le'Veon Bell go. Keep him around. Despite his distractions, you win with talent. That's the reality. 412-922-2874. Do you sign Le'Veon? Or do you use his money to add to the club? 412-922-2874. At underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. Here's what I'd do. As I mentioned, I'd slap the tag on Le'Veon. But I'd get rid of the loud mouths that you can't afford to lose. I'd get rid of Mike Mitchell, who played awful football down the stretch this year. I'd get rid of Joey Porter, who was no good with Jarvis Jones. Hasn't been good enough with Bud Dupree. For as good as the Steelers' defense was this year, for as many sacks as they racked up, the most in franchise history, it's the second least sacks they've had from the outside linebacker core since they've been playing this type of defense. Joey Porter has got to brunt some of that blame there. He's not done a good enough job. I get rid of him. I get rid of Mike Mitchell. Two loudmouths who haven't really contributed to the positive. The guys who are contributing in their loudmouths, you kind of deal with them. I tell this story all the time, but Bobby Bowden, the great Florida State head coach, had a brawl. His team did. They were about to play Florida in a big-time bowl game. There's a big brawl, and Bowden suspended a bunch of the players the day before the bowl game. The guy he didn't suspend was Sebastian Janikowski. Janikowski right in the middle of it because he's a giant-ass kicker with these huge, girthy hamstrings. He's probably kicking people in the schlongs. And Bobby Bowden said, I'm not going to suspend him. And when asked why, he said, have you seen him kick? You can't treat every player like they're the same. It's a really difficult situation with Le'Veon Bell. It's a really difficult situation with Antonio Brown. They're productive for you. They're two of the best in the league at their position. But they can be distractions. I think in their cases, you have to take the bad with the good. Because the good to me is overwhelming. With guys like Mike Mitchell and Joey Porter, it's just bad on bad. So cut the fat there. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Dave in Greensburg first up today on the Crowley Show. What's up, Dave? Hey, Adam. How are you, man? Good, dude. What's on your mind? Good. Well, first, I called in Tuesday night and talked for a minute. I just want to say that it's refreshing in today's day and age to hear somebody say, based on recent information, I've changed my opinion a little bit. You don't get that too often, so kudos to you on that. Um... Also, I just wanted to say, I think, uh, personally, I think Bell has run his course. I don't think he's not a transcendent talent or a top-five back. I do think he was slightly less effective this year. I don't think he got too close to four yards to carry in many games. Look at what we did with D'Angelo Williams, man. I think in this NFL, if you're committed to giving a back the ball 30 times a game, you can get statistics out of him. No matter who we put there, you're not facing eight-man fronts when you have Antonio Brown, Juju to keep defenses off, honest. I do think the money's best spent elsewhere. You know, I said it on Tuesday night, this has felt like the inmates running the asylum for a little while now. I still don't know that there are better options out there than Tomlin, but I said then you tighten the reins. I think hard conversations need to be had. But I do I think hard conversations need to be had, and thank you for the call, Dave. appreciate it. 
with Tomlin, I do think Art Rooney II has to walk downstairs or walk across the hall or however they've set up the Rooney Sports Complex and say, Mike, this trash can't keep happening. You need players to be on time. You need coaches to be on time. When they're not, there needs to be legitimate repercussions. Mike Tomlin knows he's not going to get fired. But Art Rooney II needs to walk in there and say there will be repercussions if things do not go the way we want them to go. This is a professional freaking organization. It's time to treat the organization like it's a professional freaking organization. So that needs to happen. Uh, As for, Dave, your comment on Le'Veon Bell, I can understand the viewpoint. The Steelers' defense was not good enough in the second half of the season. Despite what their final statistics may say, they weren't good enough, and they got carved up by guys by the name of Hunley and Flacco and the ginger who plays in Cincinnati and Blake freaking Bortles. They could spend the money there, maybe bring in a safety who can, oh, I don't know, get a hand on the football, and I don't know if I'd be 100% against it. But I'm leaning more on the side of I want the best players in the world on my team. Le'Veon Bell's one of the best in the world at any position, certainly at the running back position. And I think unless you have Tom Brady, you need to have the best players. That's how you got to win. Jacksonville's got great players on defense. That's why they won. Minnesota's got a great roster. Their defense, that's why they're winning. They've got world-class players on that side of the ball. They've got world-class skill position players in Minnesota, too. Hell, Philadelphia, they don't have the eraser because Carson Wentz is hurt, but they've got great talent on that defensive side. You win in this league with talent unless you've got Tom Brady, and Tom Brady then is all the talent you need. I just want the Steelers to hold on to their talent, and you hope that if a long-term deal were to get worked out with Le'Veon Bell, that maybe he'd mature a little bit and calm down. Sal tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The Steelers are not letting Bill Bell go anywhere. They're a totally different offense with him in the lineup. They are. I do think our last caller sort of sold Le'Veon Bell a little short. Uh, it's not easy to run. Uh, if it were, they would have had better running numbers this year. I think that they could have been better this year than they have been. Um, I don't know what goes into that. I think the offensive line wasn't exactly blowing teams off the ball. I think that's probably the biggest issue this year. Uh, I think the offensive line underperformed in that regard. They were great in pass protection. Um, but you need talent. And as much as people love James Conner, he's not Le'Veon Bell. And whoever the next guy is that they bring in here is not going to be as good as Le'Veon unless it's Saquon Barkley. And let's face it, that's not happening either. Mark tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Normally, yes, use part of that money to go get another running back with cash to spare. Lev Bell is the exception to elite. It is what it is. I agree. But difficult conversations need to be had there, too. Mike Tomlin needs to, at some point, cut off the nose to spite the face. Before a big game, you have to say, Lev, Lev, if you show up late, we're going to sit you. And, yeah, I'm going to punish the rest of the team, too, but you're going to have to get the message across. He did it with Martavis because Martavis was expendable given Juju Smith-Schuster's production. He probably next year needs to go in and, in the regular season, sit down a guy who's disrespecting him. In the playoffs, it's a little bit harder. And that goes to the Bobby Bowden story. But in the regular season, if A.B.'s going to be a D-bag, sit him down for a game. If Lev Bell's going to be a D-bag, sit him down for a game. And it might help in the long run. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, maybe we'll hear from the mayor. I don't know. You guys seem interested in this Le'Veon Bell topic. 
and the Mike Tomlin conversation. Your thoughts at 412-922-2874. We'll blow through some calls if you want before we get to Matt Williamson coming up at the top of the hour. How do you think Tomlin did this year? Because I called it the best job he's ever done prior to the playoff game. And now I'm taking a total heel turn. But in large part, that's because of something Mike Tomlin said himself. I'll explain next. It's the Crowley Show. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Pat McAfee, my man for my alma mater, Dub V, is reporting that Brian Hoyer is going to be starting on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which would just be awful. I think he's stirring the pot. I'm actually going to reach out and see if he'll come on the show right now. But could you imagine if that guy weren't playing? And by that guy, I mean that guy, the guy, the villain, the thorn in the side of the Steelers for a long time. For the last 18 years. Can you imagine if he's not playing in this football game? Can you imagine Blake Bortles going in there and winning the AFC Championship and Jacksonville going to the Super Bowl while the Steelers are sitting at home? What? The Steelers not being on their P's and Q's early cost them that opportunity against Jacksonville. You fall behind 21 to nothing in a playoff game, you're not going to win. They played well enough the rest of the way to pull it out. But you fall behind 21 nothing, it's over. And now it looks like they might have missed an opportunity to play Brian Hoyer in the playoffs. Doesn't necessarily guarantee that the Steelers would have won, but my God, what an opportunity that would have been. 412 is the number. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. I did get asked on Twitter about the non-exclusive tag, putting that one on Le'Veon Bell, because then other teams can come in and offer him. That's not the worst idea in the world. I'd have to look over my collective bargaining agreement, though. Let's go to Bob in Pittsburgh. He wants to talk about Lev. What's up, Bob? 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 Hello? Can you turn your radio down? Yeah, I'm here. Bob, can you turn your radio down? I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. What's up, man? Uh, Listen, uh, Livy on bail. I'm looking at it like this. I think he's a, a heck of a ball player. But I'm looking at the fact that the Steelers, when you can let go of a Franco Harris and then uh, a Heinz Ward or, or Paula Moore or even a Rod Woodson, it doesn't make him, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's a steward no. policy. What? And then and it seems like to me that, he, yes, he did bring that up at the wrong time, but you don't want to force the Steelers' hands. You know what I mean? Well, you Heinz would like Ward, to have him offensively. No doubt. Uh, and I think you need to have him offensively. And thanks very much for the call. Um, 412-922-2874. Sorry there, Bob, but the radio in the background, I mean, it just wasn't going to work out. I'm sorry. It's not It's not me, though. It's, it's, it's you. Heinz Ward held out. 
Okay, Troy Polamalu at the end of his career was no fan of the way the Steelers were doing business. Uh, you go back to the annals of time, the Steelers have had tumultuous relationships with some players. That's just a reality. That's the way things go. Uh, look at what happened just now with James Harrison. Look at what happened to James Harrison the first time around. These things can get worked through. Now, Heinz Ward is the one who questioned Ben Roethlisberger's toughness after Ben Roethlisberger suffered a concussion. That's how the Charlie Batch game happened, where Batch was sobbing, crying, Ben Roethlisberger. That's when Ben Roethlisberger suffered a concussion, played against Baltimore, and Heinz Ward called him out for being soft. So I don't want to hear about how this Steeler's a hero and that Steeler's a hero and how those players back in the day, they showed more respect. The reality is, throughout the annals of Steelers' history, there have been players that have been problems, and you can survive if they're good enough. And I think Le'Veon Bell is in that boat. If Le'Veon Bell got the contract extension that he so desperately wants, I bet you he'd be a better teammate. But I think this is his way of saying either sign me or don't sign me. And if you don't sign me because I've been a bad teammate, great, because I'm going to go out and make a bunch of friggin' dollars. 412-922-2874. Here's the question I asked prior to the break. How do you think Tomlin did this year? I called it his best job before the playoff game, but now I'm totally pulling a heel turn. Joe, if that's Bob calling back, we'll give him another try. If it's not, then that's probably better. Here's why I'm pulling the heel turn. And here's the quote that made me change my mind. Mike Tomlin said to his buddy, Tony Dungy, before the Stillers played the Packers, Quote, we should win it all. We always know that the Steelers have a goal of winning the world championship every single year. In Buffalo, they went to the playoffs this year and there was a riot and people were getting impregnated. I'm just going to tell you exactly what happened. A big orgy in the streets of Buffalo. I've been to Buffalo. It was cold, but they ain't afraid of the cold. There was a big orgy going on in the streets. In Pittsburgh, 13-3 and gets nobody anything. It didn't get Tomlin praise. It doesn't get a banner. And we live for Lombardi's and banners around here. Mike Tomlin, coming into the year, always thinks that the Steelers should win a championship. This year, he went so far as to say it on the record. Then they didn't. Not only did they not, but Mike Tomlin lost to a Jacksonville team, quarterback by Blake Bortles, gave up 45 points at home in the divisional round. Mike Tomlin goes from an A in my book, which was his entire regular season, where he was 13-3, and to an F for the playoffs. And whenever you think about overall, I got to say he came up way short. And I got to say, this wasn't one of his best performances. Mike Tomlin, according to Ed Bouchette, called a lot of the defenses this year. The defense would let the Steelers down in the second half. When the playoffs got closer, the defense got worse. And Mike Tomlin's fingerprints were all over that? Mike Tomlin did a bad job this year. And I'm man enough to admit when I've made a mistake. Obviously, though, he's not going to be fired. And what needs to happen then is Art Rooney II needs to say, Mike, changes need to be made. Get rid of the Porters of the world. Maybe get rid of Carnell Lake. Get rid of Mike Mitchell. Make those adjustments, get the loud mouths out, and get good players in their place, and maybe give more of the play-calling duties up to Keith Butler. 
the guy who is more familiar with this defense. Not to say Tomlin's not. He's worked in it for 11 years now. But Keith Butler was supposed to be this wonderkin defensive coordinator, a guy that the Steelers couldn't possibly lose, and now he's not the guy primarily calling the defense, at least according to Ed. Not a good year for Tomlin. Not a good year for the Steelers. My man Devin, next up to comment. What's up, bro? I was scared to call in, man. I, I thought I was banned. Hello? Is, is Joe bleeping you out now? Yeah, we've got the bleep. We've got the bleep ready for you because the, see, we 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 fostered uh, we fostered an environment where you can feel comfortable. Because I've said some stuff on this show. Craig Gas came on and just dropped f bombs left and right. Like things have happened on this radio program. But Devin, we can't have that happen again because two strikes. Well, okay, maybe it could happen one more time. No, I thought I was banned, brother. I was like, oh, I'm scared. You're never banned, my friend. I'm never calling in drunk again. That was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind, buddy? Uh, a couple things. The Le'Veon Bell thing, I don't even know how to call that. You know what I mean? They could try to work it out with him. If they don't, then, you know, it is what it is. Like, what are you going to do? I, I can't take any more malcontents. And Tomlin, he definitely has to get things under control. And he, he is the king of making a bad decision. He said he didn't trust his defense. That's why he on set kicked it. So if you didn't trust them, why would you give the other team the ball at your 40-yard line? That's pretty stupid. I mean, I don't – he seems like a smart person. I don't – he is a smart guy. That, that's that's the thing. And here's my biggest problem with Tomlin because I've had one-on-one -on -one time with him before. Uh, I, I've been in private places where the media has off-the-record conversations. I like him, and I find him to be exceedingly intelligent, and I find him to be a kind man who's empathetic. Uh, I, I like Mike Tomlin a great deal. I also think he's a very good coach. But the downfall for me for Mike Tomlin is his hubris. And that's whatever he does during a football game, if it was his decision, whether it succeeds or fails, it was the right call. And if it fails, well, I used my gut and we just didn't make the play. No, he got to start manning up to I made a very, very, very bad call, and that'll make him a better coach. 100%. When Bill Belichick screws up, I guarantee you Bill Belichick goes to the lab and says, I hate that phrase, actually, goes to the lab. But I bet you he goes into the film room and he says, man... This was awful. I think they need to implore more analytics. I think they need to have someone on the sideline who has the percentages readily available of what it means in a certain situation to go for it on fourth down, what it means to kick a field goal from this place, what it means to punt, what it means to do this, that, the other. Mike Tomlin needs to use more numbers than God. And then when he onside kicked it, they three and outed, bro. All right, I'll let you go. Bro, you're right. They should have kicked it deep all day. I mean, that was – that that – to me, that is one of the worst decisions that I've seen a coach make in a long time in a game with that kind of consequence. Thanks for the call. You're never banned. 412-922-2874. My God. It's just hubris. It's believing that you have all the answers and you don't. And in fact, I likened Mike Tomlin to Dan Bilesma before in that Dan Bilesma kind of ran a country club, and he was trying to be best friends with Crosby and Malkin and everybody. And that does not lead to it being a job. That leads to losses because there's going to be some complacency. Mike Tomlin, I feel like, treats the players like they're friends a little bit too much. He gives the superstars a little bit too much leeway. But beyond that, Dan Bilesma always believed that if they did what they do, they were going to win. Grind these bitches down. He used to say that all the time. They played the same damn system. They would do the stretch pass into whatever defense that you had out there. 
They're going to stretch pass. They're going to tip it in. They're going to chase it. Rinse, repeat. They're going to do the Dan Bilesma system. He never had a plan B. I'm not saying Mike Tomlin doesn't change things up. I'm not saying that they don't game plan for a particular opponent. But Dan Bosma believed that everything he did was right. And if it didn't work, it was based solely on execution. Mike Tomlin feels the exact same way. Mike Tomlin thinks if I make a decision, that's the right decision. And if it doesn't work, it's because my players didn't get it done. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's a no for Pat McAfee. Not going to get him on. But you can't say I don't try. Had the mayor on yesterday. We tried to get Donald Trump. We have not tried to get Mike Wazowski on. He is a fictional character from Pixar. And I do not think that would make for a great interview. Attempting to get Creed Bratton on next week. We always go for the highest profile guests here on the Crowley Show. Whether we get them or not, well, that's the issue. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. If the Steelers aren't going to re-sign Bell, then trade him for an inside linebacker and a running back. Might be surprised on how much the Steelers could get for Bell. Here's the thing that people don't seem to understand, John. He's not under contract. You can't trade a player who's not under contract. So that's not going to happen. Le'Veon Bell is either going to get signed or he's going to walk away and get a bleep ton of money elsewhere. The only thing you'd get in return for Le'Veon Bell, not to say that this is, eva- is not valuable, is money. So if Le'Veon Bell walks and the Steelers allow him to walk without tagging him, without signing him to the long-term deal, they get about $14.5 million that they were going to spend on him if they had slapped the tag on him. They're not going to get an inside linebacker. They're not going to get a safety. They're going to get cash, and that cash would be used for those positions. So, John, you would get what you want, but you wouldn't get it that way. Boy, information being gleaned and passed along here on the Crowley Show. Up next, Matt Williamson from the Steelers Radio Network, the Locked On NFL Podcast, and Steelers Nation Radio. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on this. It's a Crowley Show. Can you stop yelling at me, please? No, I can't stop yelling, because that's how I talk.